0: All right, everybody, welcome to the Backseat Huddle Podcast, episode 40. This week's episode is going to be a little different than most. It's going to be a little bit less long-winded, so you guys may potentially enjoy that. Uh, today, I'm going to talk to you guys about the Ravens signing Lamar Jackson. Finally, the Lions' odd day one NFL draft behavior. i going to talk to you guys as well as about, about Will Levis's draft, a slide, and then some quick thoughts on the Packers potentially being very dangerous and then just some other quick little thoughts, including who may be the steal of the NFL draft. So let's go ahead and get in to it. All right, I'm going to go ahead and start off with the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. So the Ravens signed Lamar Jackson to a record contract this week. And my opinion on this is very simple and yours should be too, because this isn't complicated. This is good. Why wouldn't they resign him? What other options do the Baltimore Ravens have in the AFC? Right now, the AFC is absolutely loaded with quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence. The list just goes on. What was the alternative for the Baltimore Ravens if they did not re-sign Lamar Jackson? Trey Lance? Are they going to go with a rookie quarterback in a division with J.J. Watt, Miles Garrett, and an underrated Cincinnati pass rush? What else are they going to do if they just let Lamar Jackson walk away? There, the counterpoint is I'm sure there are people out there who may have wanted the Ravens to trade Lamar Jackson for those two first round picks, including that in that franchise tag and let another team take him and try to tank for a a Caleb Williams or a Drake may. But do you really want to give up a former NFL MVP in hopes that a rookie quarterback is going to be better? Say that out loud. You want to give up your NFL MVP quarterback for a rookie quarterback, you hope becomes what? An NFL MVP? Come on now. That's a silly proposition. And I understand that there are fans out there that believe Lamar Jackson just cannot get it done in the playoffs. But there are plenty of great quarterbacks who weren't great in the playoffs. Peyton Manning struggled his, few, his first few times in the postseason. Aaron Rodgers has a losing record, In the postseason since winning that Super Bowl, John Elway got the crap kicked out of him in a couple of Super Bowls. Winning in the postseason is extremely difficult, despite what we've seen in recent history with Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. Because of those two, our expectations of what success looks like as a quarterback in the NFL is extremely skewed, and we're seeing an example of that with Lamar Jackson. The Baltimore Ravens made the right choice in re-signing their guy. It just, it's what they should have done, and I'm happy the deal got done. I'm excited to see him back on the field. He's electric. Go ahead and move on. <clears throat> the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions had an interesting, uh, if you want to call it that, first round of the NFL draft where they traded back from number 6 to number 12 and then selected running back Jameer Gibbs and then they later in the first round selected off-ball linebacker Jack Campbell. Now, I'm admittedly not a NFL draft expert, but if you take those two picks at face value, they're both really uninspiring picks. I don't think it's out of line to say that the Lions used both of their two first-round picks on two of the least influential positions in the NFL when it comes to winning especially winning big, no one recently has won a Super Bowl because they had amazing linebackers and because they have an elite running back. I could argue that the last four Super Bowl participants, their linebacking core and their running backs weren't outstanding with Isaiah Pacheco being the potential exception. And I said on my podcast last week that taking a running back in the first round of the NFL draft and building your offense around it is the key to mediocrity. But I'm going to flip-flop on that stance a little bit in regards to to not taking a running back in the first round of the draft. For the sake of optimism, I'm going to flip-flop on it. I'd like to trust the process for the Lions and explain a couple reasons why it potentially makes sense that they took a running back in the first round. First, let's look at Lions quarterback Jared Goff. Obviously, Jared Goff had a really good season in 2022 with the Lions, where he threw 29 touchdowns and 7 interceptions in 4,400 yards. When he, Jared Goff, was at his best, he was playing for the Rams and had very similar numbers with 32 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, and 4,600 yards in 2018, and then 28 touchdowns, 7 picks, and 3,800 yards in 2017. But in those seasons, he was supported by an excellent running game and excellent running back in Todd Gurley which he obviously does not have either of those things right now in Detroit, and he still managed to put up similar numbers. So it stands to reason that if the Lions are able to bring in a productive running back, which obviously didn't like DeAndre Swift, they brought in Jameer Gibbs. If they bring in a productive running back and they're able to establish a better ground game, they should be able to get even more out of Jared Goff and their offense as a whole. Second. In this draft, we saw two teams with really smart offensive minds in Arthur Smith, the head coach of the Falcons, and Ben Johnson, offensive coordinator for the Lions. We saw both of those two teams take running backs high in the draft, which begs the question of why. I'm going to assume that two of the really smart offensive coaches in the NFL know a lot of things that we don't. So there has to be a reason that they were willing to spend precious drafts capital on a running back. I'm going to borrow a take from Theo Ash on this one because I think it's a really interesting one. He tweeted asking if Rams head coach McVay's work with Ben Squaronic will usher in an era of 21 personnel with two dynamic weapons instead of the traditional fullback. So what McVay did last season was play Ben Squaronic, who is a wide receiver by position at fullback, typically in an eye formation, strong eye, that type of thing, to create mismatches in the passing game. So basically the question is, do the Lions and Falcons intend to do something similar with their running back rooms with Jameer Gibbs and Jordan Howard for the Lions and then Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier slash Cordero Patterson? So, it's an interesting theory and may perhaps provide some context for an otherwise really uninspiring pick. Last reason I understand the Lions bringing in a running back and an off ball linebacker early in the draft is because of the 49ers. We've seen the 49ers compete and play extremely well without elite quarterback play, given Jared Goss better than what they have, excellent defenses, and strong running games. It stands to reason that. In the NFC, which is significantly weaker in the AFC and as a whole doesn't really have elite quarterbacks, the Lions could try to do the same thing as the 49ers are doing. Take pressure off of Jared Goff and their quarterback, plug holes in your defense, which the Lions made a concerted effort to do in free agency in the draft. The Lions could be looking around the relatively weak NFC outside of the Eagles and looking at their roster and think they have a real chance to make it to the playoffs and potentially make some noise following the same recipe the 49ers have. Given, I don't see the Lions defense being as good as the 49ers, but I can see the idea of the Detroit Lions trying to follow the same recipe. Especially when you look at their coach, Dan Campbell, that idea just fits the idea we have of him. And it feels like it would work. That idea of what the 49ers are doing would make sense for Dan Campbell to try to attempt as well. That idea just seems copacetic. It seems just to make sense. And to end this topic, while I was writing this, I talked myself into the Lions winning the division next year. So the Lions are going to be your 2023 NFC North champions. You heard it here first. Moving on from that, Will Levis, who at one point was the betting favorite to go number one overall, had a well-documented draft day slide where he slid all the way to 33 and landed with the Tennessee Titans. I think at this point it's been well reported that his attitude and overall cockiness rubbed a lot of GMs the wrong way. So we most likely know why he slid. He needs some refinement and he's cocky. Those two things don't go well together. However, Will Levis will reportedly start out as QB three for the Titans head coach. Mike Vrabel said in a recent interview that Ryan Tannehill is the starter as of now with Malik Willis as QB two and Levis as QB three. However, Levis will be given the opportunity to prove himself and has an equal chance to be the week one starter. This is great coaching by Mike Vrabel. You have a guy and Will Levis who needs to be humbled a little, and he just had it happen back to back. Not only did the entire NFL say, we don't want you once by not taking him in the first round, he also had his head coach soon after say, not only are you not the starter, you're not even the backup. You are the backup's backup. Talk about a plate, a big old plate of humble pie for Will Levis. What a move by Mike Vrabel in an effort to get into his young guy's head that it's not just going to happen for him. He has to earn it. This is absolutely a mind game by Mike Vrabel, and it is just such a solid move to knock some humility into a guy who reportedly really needs it. All right. Now, to close out my show, I just have some quick hitter thoughts for you. Now that Aaron Rodgers is no longer a Packer, the NFL better hope that Jordan Love isn't really, really good. Not just because the Packers shouldn't be lucky enough to have three amazing quarterbacks back-to-back-to-back, but if Jordan Love is really good the Packers have one of the best young cores in the NFL they have A.J. Dillon Aaron Jones Christian Watson who looked really good toward the end of last season they have a good young prospect in Romeo Dobbs they picked a tight end and another wide receiver in round the second round and then they also picked another tight end in the third round if the picks pan out this team could be deadly however The Packers did select Penn State quarterback Sean Clifford as well at pick 149, which I don't really make a ton of. It makes sense, however, to have someone on the roster in case Jordan Love isn't good. There is nothing wrong with hedging your bet with another developmental prospect. I wouldn't make a huge deal of this pick by the Packers, but... Jordan Love is on the last year of his contract, so if he isn't great this season, you already have someone on the roster you can try to develop over the course of the season and then potentially insert next season if the Packers decide not to pick up Jordan Love's fifth-year option. It's just a really shrewd move by the Packers to get a quarterback in this year's draft. Reportedly, some NFL executives around the league are getting annoyed with how much praise the Eagles GM Howie Roseman has been receiving during the draft. Now, maybe, just maybe, if these GMs and executives who are annoyed did their job a little better, they might get some praise as well. The Eagles have put together a great roster, and they appear to have reloaded this draft in offseason, and Howie Roseman deserves the tra- deserves the praise he gets. If those executives and those GMs had put together a team like this, they would be getting praise as well. Maybe they should do their job a little better. Lastly, watch out for Kayshawn Boots. I hope I said that right. Receiver out of LSU to be the steal of this year's draft. He was projected to be a first-round pick last year, but ended up going in the seventh or sixth round to the Patriots due to some injury concerns, character concerns, and a drop-off in production last season. At one point, he was a first-round talent, and he ended up with a stable organization in New England. So I would not be surprised at all to see this guy pop at some point. However, I don't really trust the Patriots, so I don't know how much I believe in that pick, but it feels like if someone's going to be the steal of the drafts, it has a really good shot to be this guy. So that's it. That's my show today. Thank you guys once again for watching, listening, feel free to like, and subscribe. If you are watching, take care, everybody.